when you're down and trouble and you need some love and care and nothing well nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson started the show in 2002. Since then, he's recorded over 1,100 shows featuring over 400 different guests, a literal who's who in bowling. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Cagle Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Cagle Company. So, go to Cagle.net. Well, Phantom fans, this week's special guest has been on our show many times before, and believe me, he is a man who has done it all. For over 20 years, he was a popular Cleveland, Ohio radio personality, and for over 35 years, a small business owner. He still bowls PBA events as an 18-year PBA member. He is a former PBA Central Regional Manager who took over for the late great Dan Ottman, way back in 2004. He is also an author of his autobiographical book called I'm Feeling Almost Famous. And now his other books that we'll be talking about later are on display. And he has created multiple PBA regional tournaments. He is bowled in well over 200 PBA events, which is somewhat amazing in itself since he didn't join the PBA until he was in his mid-40s. So, Phantom fans, here's my friend, the Z-Man, Gary Zawinski. Hello, Gary, and welcome back to the show. Hey, Phantom, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to uh, be on here with you. Well, you know, I think about you almost every month because you're sending me books. You know, every month you're sending me a book. I don't, I don't understand where you find the time to do all this kind of stuff. I know you're a busy guy and, and you can multitask, but I know that you told me that you wanted to do double duty this week. And, you know, I'm going to let you talk about the double duty that you want to do this week, okay? Sounds good. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about my books. And then uh, you've been doing a lot of tribute shows, and, and they are great. They, they pay homage to a lot of uh, great professionals that have, have gone before. And, um, uh, I would like to do a little tribute show today to uh, my old travel partner and bowling partner, Dave DeAntremont, and we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But uh, uh, Dave had a, a very great career, cut short by uh, an illness, and uh, we, we lost him back in uh, 2013. Wow, eight years, man. It don't seem like that, but the double D, he was an impressive guy. He threw a lot of ball, and he was a good guy. But I'm going to let you talk about him because you guys are really close friends, but I want to know more about your books, you know. Um, 
I've kind of lost track because I know you have multiple books. So let's start there. How many have you written so far? I am I finishing up number 44. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've written um, six children's books, two autobiographies, and all the rest are romance novels. And I'm um, finishing up the 44th book. Uh, literally, as we speak, I was uh, in, in the middle of Chapter 15 of it. So uh, just I, I, they just keep pouring out, Lenny. <laughs> you know, so I got a lot of questions about that. You sent me a few of them, and I've read them. I've read everything you sent me. But uh, I got to ask you about something that, you know, I'm not a literary giant, but get, what is all this about two autobiographies? What have you got, two lives? <laughs> Well, I, I, it's like a, an autobiography, and then when I retired, um, it, it it kind of was a, a period of time when I wasn't prepared. So I kind of picked up where I left off in my autobiography earlier and just kind of continued on with it. And, uh, you know, life is still going on, so the autobiography is still going on, I guess. <laughs> well, I can't wait to read those. I, I didn't even know about that. Uh, I know you haven't sent me that because I would have read that one by now. But, you know, I know you've had at least two lives because I know you never slept too much because you were always at something, doing something. But 40 some odd books. Um, let's get right to the bottom line. Uh, how can somebody uh, buy one if they're interested? I'll tell you uh, what. Uh, go to my, they go directly to my website. It's called Z-Man Almost Famous at gmail.com, or to go to the website itself is zmanalmostfamous.com. And I know they're easy to read because I'm not a really good reader, but once I've started reading your books, I can't stop till they get to the end. And they're all, in a way, kind of similar. There's no murder mysteries and stuff like that. Like you said, they're romance-type books, which are really cool. But uh, they're basically, and I'll let you describe them, but they're basically pocketbooks, right? Yes, yeah. uh, and they're, they're the kind of books that um, happy endings. You know, we got enough garbage in the world. It's uh, nice to have some books that have happy endings and, and uh, just make you feel good, like a Hallmark movie. I, I've been told that a lot. They, they, my books are very similar to Hallmark movies. So, um, you know, I, I just don't know where they come from. I just start putting words on the paper and next thing I know I'm in the middle of a story and off it goes. All right. So now I got a question because, you know, I've written a few books on bowling, something I know about. Uh, I couldn't even begin to write about romance because I haven't been that great of a lover in my lifetime, but even though I thought I was good, but I'm not that good anymore. But <laughs> so is this based on some of your own experiences or do you just make this stuff up as you go along? Well, I think we all, when we write, we draw from uh, life experiences a little bit, and uh, a lot of that kind of filters into my books. But generally speaking, no, I, I just I create it as I go. I um, um, I come up with a title, I come up with a cover, and if I can get the first couple of paragraphs down and get started, I'm off and running. And I uh, uh, I, I don't know where it comes from. I've got. I've got a, a buddy that bowls out of the central region, uh, John Murphy, and I've known John a long time, and we pick on each other all the time. He says I have more books than he has thoughts in his head, and I told him one time, I said, it's just because you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know where it comes from. I, I literally, literally, Phantom, I don't know where they come from. I just, I, I, I sit down, and, and 
Um, it's like they just manifest themselves in my brain and out they come. Well, the, the few that I have read, and I, you sent me many, I've read them all. I'm not going to say few. You probably sent me eight to 10 of them, but I've got them all. I've, as a matter of fact, uh, the ones that I've given away to my son, he reads them like, when's the next one coming, Dad? He's 60 years old. He's a romantic, and he loves them. So uh, let's give our our listeners that address one more time because I want you selling a bunch of them, Pard. So how can they get a hold of you to get a book or two? Well, I appreciate it. Uh, if they go to ZManAlmostFamous.com, that's our website, and they can buy the books uh, right there on the site and process them and everything else. Uh, the cost of the book includes handling and shipping and everything else. So, um, But, yeah, ZManAlmostFamous.com. All right, Pards. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, we don't have to uh, promote it too much because, as I've told you in the past, I've had you on several times. I'm going to co completely commit to having you on every couple of books that you write. I'm going to have you back on and let people know about it. But let's go to part number two. And that was a, another subject that this one was near and dear to my heart. Matter of fact, and, and I want to tell you a quick story. I know you've got 100, but the other day I'm involved in another website, and people ask me questions. And they want to know who the best and the worst spare shooters were on the tour. And the best spare shooters were always the guys that were in the top five. Because if you don't make your spares, you're not going to cash. And, and the best spare shooters were the Mark Ross and the Earl Anthony's and all those guys. Well, when it came to the worst spare shooters, it was very simple. It was the guys who threw the biggest ball usually because they left a conglomeration of stuff back there that was hard to make. They didn't strike. They got splits. And I, I named three names, and I'll do it here because I'm not ashamed. There was a guy named Kyle Shedd. He threw a strong strike ball that was unbelievable. And the other guy was Kelly Kaufman. And the other guy was Bob Vespi. These guys threw monsters. Well, somebody sent me an, an, an email saying, yeah, you named a bunch of guys with big balls. What about this one guy? He's not around anymore. Dave DeAntremont, he threw a big ball too. And I wrote back, yeah, but he can make his spares. So <laughs> I want you to tell a couple of stories about Double D, Pards. Well, I'll tell you what, I've, I've seen him miss a few spares, too, that, that hurt him. But you know what? When you threw the ball he threw, so he missed a spare, then he threw a four-bagger behind it, and, and, and he did that over and over again. Um, I traveled with Dave from uh, 2006 until the end of his career in 2011, and um, we roomed together occasionally, although that didn't last very long because Dave wasn't a real – tidy guy when it came to his hotel room so i couldn't quite deal with that but uh i know that uh, you know and just some little background dave dave threw 50 300 games out on tour he won six pba titles including the brunswick world tournament of champions his one major title and uh his best year was 95 he was uh, he was the harry smith points leader uh, he won 184,000, which still is a good chunk of change um he made 34 TV appearances, only there's only credit for 33 because he was on the one TV show that had the, the power outage. And they went ahead and recorded the show with limited lighting, and it never went on to ABC television. <laughs> so 
there, there he's got he had a copy of it it's out there somewhere on youtube i think but um he went into to 2011 um his last tournament ever was a, a, a regional in lafayette indiana uh, that was in april of 2011 and from there his health just um took him down i still have his very last text that he sent me on my phone i still look at it quite often watch him on youtube a lot but dave um dave was a striking machine uh, a mutual friend of ours who was our my lane man here in in the central region when i was regional manager randy hart used to be the foul line uh official i guess on the tv shows he sat at the foul line to make sure nobody went across and he said when dave released the ball it sounded different. He says the only two that he could really say that about were him and Mark Raw. When that ball hit the lane off of their hand, it was doing something different. And uh, Dave, Dave threw the most powerful ball I was ever uh, around at that time. Uh, it was before the Belmontes of the world and the two-handers. But um, Dave could rip the cover off it, boy. He could he could hook it on ice. It didn't matter. And he was one of the most talented players uh, who unfortunately fought through several injuries and, and uh, he had a wrist problem. And then uh, at the U S open uh, in New Brunswick, New Jersey, he stepped across the bowling bag and somebody had accidentally thrown their bevel knife in and it was sticking straight up. And oh. that took Dave out It um, you know, 30, 35 stitches. I think it was all I know is I was driving to uh, New Jersey and all I got was a phone call from Dave. And he says, when you get to the bowling center, can you come to the hospital and pick me up? <laughs> <laughs> that that's not never a good phone call to get uh, at a bowling tournament and uh yeah that was the beginning of the end for dave he uh he had such bad lungs and he was on a lung and heart transplant list uh, at the end of his life and it was just really sad but he um just to watch him throw a ball was amazing i mean i've studied and studied and studied and tried to throw a ball that way and, and i can't make a ball hook the way he could there's just no way he was he was absolutely an amazing bowler and he was a, a a great friend and he did a lot of things for charities behind the scenes that nobody ever knew about wow he, wow. he was he was a better just, person than he was a bowler yeah I, I just want to mention uh the same thing you talked about randy hart uh keeping an eye on the foul line and uh when dave let go of the ball you could tell it was something different it, it's very similar and I hate to use this comparison, but it's so true. You go to a golf tournament, and you'd hear somebody hit a ball, and you'd go look, and it was Tiger Woods. He hit the ball. It sounds different. And the same thing with Dave. Um, when he hit the pocket, the pins went in the pin deck so fast you couldn't see them. I mean, it was uh, instant sawdust, 10 in the pit, unbelievable. He was he was truly remarkable. And, what a shame that he he passed away so young. And he was he was such a competitor. Um, even in practice, we'd go practice together because we lived 18 miles apart, and we'd have lunch about once a week, and we'd go practice. And uh, uh, he didn't like to lose, especially to me, uh, in the practice session. If he was winning, we kept bowling. We bowled six, seven games of practice. If I if I'd waxed him the first couple of games, he decided it was time for lunch. <laughs> he didn't. He did not like to lose. He. Re- Used to accept that, and and that's fine. That's what you got to got to be when you're out on tour. And, and uh, he was a great help to me in a lot of ways. Uh, there were there were times I roomed with him. It was a disaster, but I roomed with him. Um, 
times when I didn't have enough cash to be out there, I'd, I'd scrape together enough for the tournament. He'd say, hey, I'll change my room. I'll you know, change it to two double beds or bring your air mattress and crash in the corner. He just wanted me to come and bowl. And he was he was adamant at, at me coming out there and, and participating. And he just kept telling me, hang in there, hang in here. Your week will come. And it took a while, but I, fi- I finally made a finals. And, and I just uh, I had to look to the sky to tell him I made it. But uh, uh, he was very encouraging and very motivating and, and uh, always trying to help. You know, I, I was out there for 20-something years, and I had only a handful of roommates, And even though, you know, 99% of those guys are really great guys. But to find the one or few guys that you could really, you know, get along with and all that, I found that there was one common denominator with all the guys I hung around with, and they were guys that were really loyal. And so I'm sure that Dave was loyal to you, right? Oh, very much so. I, you know what? To his all his friends, and I knew the guys that he was close to, very loyal. And he he would come and, and you know, if we both different blocks, he would come and sit and watch my my block, or I'd go watch his block. Uh, and um, uh, you know, he would pull for you and, and root for you and and all those things. And it was just it was just so sad that near the end, you know, he'd make the finals in a regional, and, yeah. and he he would he would tell Bobby Jekyll, the regional manager to go over for me, he'd look at Bobby and say, I, I can't bowl tomorrow. My lungs won't let me bowl. And he'd have to take the last place check and, and go home. Wow. And uh, I know that burned him because, you know, uh, when you're out there and you're a 19-time regional title holder like he was, that title meant more than the money. And, and uh, it was just it was just really rough at the end. Um, I, he kept saying, ah, you know, don't come and see me. He was in the hospital. Don't come and see me. He says, I'll be home next week. You know, grab some wings and come over and, and you know, we'll, we'll shoot the breeze. And two weeks later, I get a phone call that uh, my friend was gone. And that was, uh, needless to say, a, a huge shock to me. I'm sure we've been through that with many of our friends. Unfortunately, the older you get, the more guys you lose. But, you know, he's out of pain. He's in a better place right now. And the funny thing is, it's not funny, but we're going to join him one of these days ourselves. So he's up there getting everything ready, Pards. There is no doubt about that. And he was um, he was truly a, a good friend and a, a, um, a great mentor for me, even though I was older than him. He, um, he taught me a lot. He got me hooked up with guys out on tour because of Dave. I hung around with Walter Ray and Parker and, and those guys and, and, you know, Steve Jaros and we'd all go to dinner or whatever. And that was all because of Dave pulled me along and, and said, you know, this guy's okay. And he <laughs> didn't have to do that, but he did. All right, Barge. Well, let's give it a shot one more time. Give us that address where we can get a hold of you for some books. All right. It is Z-Man, almost famous.com. And if somebody just wants to get a hold of me, it's a ZmanAlmostFamous at gmail.com. Fantastic, Pards. Will you stay in touch? And I can see by the old clock in the wall, we are out of time. And I can't believe how quickly the time flies in this show. And probably why they say it's the fastest show in all of sports. But you keep in touch. You send me the next uh, batch of uh, information. And we'll have you back on after a couple more books. Although the way you go, that might be next week for all I know. But... We're going to have another great guest on next week, so keep in touch with us. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors, 
which have been with us for years and years, StormBowling.com, and Brad Edelman from the great High Roller team. And also our newest sponsor, Dave Kowalski. He's with Auto Value and Bumper to Bumper Auto Parts Stores. He's also the past president of the Michigan High School Bowlers Coaches Association. So, bowling fans, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some loving care and nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me and soon I'll...